So welcome to Cancel Third Party Delivery. I'm your host, Matt Klobaka uh, from Fernandina Beach, Florida, Amelia Island. We are recording our second episode and we are happy to be here. Just as a follow-up, on our first episode, we had a couple questions, and so I'd like to go ahead and answer them. Uh, Bob from Las Vegas talked to him this week, and he asked me um, what happened with DoorDash. Um, eventually, what happened is um, I looked in my notes. We uh, we did not end up sending a letter from the lawyer. Um, my lawyer uh, did a little research and said, hey, instead of paying me $400 an hour to do this, uh, here's what you do. So I ended up calling DoorDash, uh, got a hold of somebody, and they ended up taking me off of um, their service, which was great. So um, that's the that's the follow-up on episode number one. So welcome. Uh, we're glad to have uh, a special um, caller in. Uh, happens to be my son uh, from Provo, Utah, a recent graduate uh, from BYU, and he had a couple questions for me, which I thought were awesome. I was struggling with some content, uh, what we were going to talk about on this episode, and. Um, Looking at the news, let's just go over some news and then we'll, we'll, we'll move over to some Bryce's inquiries. So the news this week, um, we had DoorDash come out, say their first quarter earnings, um, terrible sales. I don't think anybody has made any profit in Uber Eats in the third party delivery space. And they are now starting to feel the crunch of the lack of third-party delivery movement coming out of the pandemic. Um, we have seen um, third-party delivery and delivery as, as a whole increase in the pandemic, but now that uh, masks are so-called not required, I'm, sh- I'm not sh- quite sure where they're required and where they're not, but um, people are starting to eat out a little bit more. And um, what's interesting is um, I, still we haven't seen uh, profitability come out of third-party delivery, and we may not. So um, Bryce asked me a couple questions. He happens to be my son. Uh, he knows what we're doing with DeliveryLink.co, and he had a few questions for me. Um, Bryce, I can yeah. I can kind of remind you a few things, but you want to just introduce no, yourself. I, I remember. Yeah. Hi. Hi. Thanks for having me on, uh, Pop Pop. Um, yeah. I I like I I like um, I like delivery services. I don't like what they're doing to um, small companies, especially my my family's my family small small business in Fernandina, Florida. Um, I I use DoorDash. I just use DoorDash to deliver my a Mother's Day snack to to my mom, but. I have some problems with them, and I was wondering if you could um, uh, answer answer some questions. Um, oh, and as an introduction, I just graduated from from BYU in Utah in a completely non-related field of Greek and Latin, but I am nonetheless interested in all things business, big and small. Um, one of the biggest business biggest businesses in the um, delivery service, one of the big four. There's 
um, is DoorDash. There's, I think big four is like DoorDash, Grubhub, Uber Eats, and what's another one? Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, Postmates. Oh, Postmates, yeah. So DoorDash's original intent, um, to preface my question, one of their original tenets was to help um, local businesses, but uh, like many, many swelling companies, they have outgrown that intent. And I was, I have a number here for you, and I wanted to ask what this number means to you. Thirty percent. Okay. Um, so uh, th- uh, this is not rehearsed. This is like first take. Um, so thirty percent. Um, so first thing that comes to me, thirty percent is the amount that third-party deliveries charge independent restaurants. Yep, that's exactly what I was thinking about. Okay. Um, hey, uh, question. Before um, I wanted to ask you this. Mm-hmm. Um, before um, before I started this delivery link, um, you mentioned early when you just got on. You said, "Hey, you didn't like what uh, third-party deliveries are doing to independent restaurants, like you know the one that Pop Pop owns." Um, but did that ever dawn on you until? like the last month until you started knowing what I was doing with DeliveryLink.co? Did, did it ever dawn on you that third-party delivery? It, it did. It did, um, but not through any of my of the big news corporations I follow, but I do follow Quartz, um, and they did an entire field guide of four lengthy, lengthy articles on um, small businesses being affected by uh, delivery things. And so I think I I don't know if I would have been interested in that if you didn't own a restaurant then. Now, w- what is Quartz? You said you found uh, Quartz, Quartz. Yeah, Quartz, Quartz is a news, uh, a business news corporation that um, focuses on all things workplace. And they do in-depth dives into um, certain f- fields of yeah, of business. Uh, okay, so quartz, like the uh, the mineral or the rock formation, Q U A R T Z, quartz. Yeah, exactly. Oh, okay, okay, got you. Okay, all right. So, um, um, uh, and I apologize for uh, distracting your main thought process there by by That's okay. uh, going back. So, what what where were we before I kind of took you back? Um, well, your last episode, your last episode, and the reason you invited me on was because your last episode was about um, how why third-party delivery services should ought to be canceled, and I asked you, I kind of asked you, um, I don't know if you're ready to talk about this, but I asked you, where is the line between standing up for the free market and calling out anti-competitive practices? In other words when is it okay to cancel someone in a capitalist system that you support? Uh, okay, okay, perfect. So, yeah, that, that's, a, that's a really good question. I really kind of had to think about that for a second. Um, first of all, like, I'm really not, I, I really don't care who cancels who. Um, you know, I, if you don't like somebody, just <laughs> turn it off. You know, I do that all the time. Um, so... I think what's interesting is this, is that um, 
I love the idea of third-party delivery. Um, I, I, I think the idea itself, the concept is great because what it did during the pandemic is it just showed just what the new um, technology base can do, uh, much like how Uber uh, disrupted the uh, taxi service. Um, what we saw happen is um, all these independent restaurants, restaurants as, as a whole, um, that did do delivery, um, all of a sudden they had a whole new revenue stream. Um, kind of going back to that first episode when I said, hey, um, I saw uh, this kid pull up ordering from DoorDash. Um, immediately my thoughts were, what the heck? Uh, I'm not gonna let some kid um, deliver my product. But I, I started thinking afterwards, I thought, well, a lot of restaurants would probably go, well, that's like free money. I didn't have to advertise for that. Um, and so that revenue stream that was created by third-party delivery apps um, kind of carried carries and carried, uh, carried and carries a double-edged sword. Um, I think uh, depending on how you look at it, initially you go, uh, an independent might say, wow, new, new uh, vertical, new revenue stream. I didn't have to do anything for it. This is like pure profit. Um, and I think that's kind of the heroin, that's kind of the morphine that was injected into the uh, restaurant space. Um, I think the independence right at the uh, cusp of the uh, pandemic said, hey, what are we going to do? And the answer, the kind of the immediate answer was third party delivery came, came um, to the rescue. But I also think this is uh, much like addiction uh, to drugs. Um, uh, you know, your uncle, my brother, got burned really bad, and um, you know, uh, halfway through his nine-month treatment, where he almost died, they started giving him morphine. Well, that was great. Um, however, you know, when he got out of the hospital two years later, he was addicted to morphine. Um, mm, yeah. So I think. Um, I think what you're saying is, um, is this a, is capitalism, um, I think, answered. Um, and I think what they did is they gave, uh, they gave this, uh, this uh, anecdote, this, this morphine pill to these restaurants and they latched onto it. Um, let's fast forward now a year later where restaurants are starting to have to pay at the end of the month, you know, a couple thousand dollars to, uh, um, in, in fees. And they're looking at their bottom line going, oh my gosh, all I'm doing is working for DoorDash. I work 60 hours a week. Um, mm, yeah. Yeah. So I, that's where I think that, I think initially that's great and I, I'm still all for it, but what that has forced us to do and that's why we came up you know with a product um, and there's other products out there there's on fleet there's um, oh there's several other in-house delivery apps out there um, trying to show restaurants how to bring it in-house because the addiction to the third party has become very expensive and it's almost debilitating so uh, to answer your question yeah um, I, I'm a huge believer in free market let it go and I think that's where we're at I think the free market is running uh, uh, very well and I think that the third-party deliveries um, now um, are going to be kind of called to the table like hey restaurants are going out of business what are you going to do 
Um, they're having to adapt with ghost kitchens um, and coming up with new sources as their customers go out of business. And then at the same time, the little guys like me, independents, are thinking, hey, um, what are we going to do because this isn't sustainable? I can't keep giving 30% of my uh, commissions out. Yeah. So, yeah, that's a that's a that's a really good point is that you're not it's not so much that you just want to stand on the sidewalk and criticize the delivery service, but you kind of want to figure out how to transition out of the the COVID addic- uh, addiction to to these delivery services. That's what it's Yeah. Like. Yeah, I, I think I think the I think the, the, the delivery is here to stay. I think um, I think uh, consumer habits have changed. I think just like yourself, uh, hey, you sent your mom a, uh, a cookie. How easy was that? Hey, go into DoorDash. Uh, you couldn't yeah. have done that uh, a year and a half ago. You might have, but but now it's so part of uh, consumer habits. Um, yeah. I think it's here to stay. Um, and there then there's good features of third-party delivery. There's no doubt about it. There are certain companies, for example, like Panera, they just made an announcement uh, in the last two weeks that they are doing away with their in-house delivery. They are going to go strictly third-party delivery. Mm-hmm. Um, I, reading between the lines there, I kind of read that as uh, it's really a matter of they can't find drivers. Um, yeah. And so uh, yeah. It's, it's a company call. You know, um, it's not mm-hmm. for everybody. I, third-party delivery is going to be here to stay. Um, I just think at this point there's um, there is no other in-house self-delivery option, and that's kind of what we're talking about is giving companies an option to cancel third-party delivery with the technology um, to bring it in-house and and try to um, try to weigh the difference. Is it worth it? Is it not worth it? And that's interesting. You say. Uh cancel third-party delivery services with technology when um, I, you could argue that these are it's, I mean these companies that you want to cancel are technology companies themselves and so um, it, yeah, yeah. Um, and I I mean I'm just a firm believer I, I, I'm a believer that all all problems in business can be solved one can, can be solved with money um, I'll take that a step further and say all problems in business can be solved with technology. And um, this is a problem in business, uh, especially with food delivery, that I believe technology can solve it. Whether you use that technology in the third-party delivery space, or whether you bring that in-house and do that yourself, obviously there's a, there's a, a line in the sand that once you cross it, it, it doesn't become profitable and it, it depends on your volume what you're doing as as an independent um, and that's kind of the question is cancel third-party delivery well cancel third-party delivery if it makes sense um, but yeah that, it, that's a really good point and that brings me to that brings me to another question um, because it's obvious that you know, you're not just shining a light on the problem, but you want to pose a, a solution, um, right? That's what it sounds like, and um, and I, I, 
I, I read this this report by Quartz, um, define, kind of defining small businesses and where they're going with delivery. Um, and it said that a small business is, has to have under 500 employees and uh, tw- only 25% of, America, of, uh, of American companies fall in that category. And only 9% of American companies um, are have have less than 100 people, which I think is would qualify townies as in, in that category. Um, and I, but and and this brings me to the question that makes that makes me feel like you're really unique, as you're talking about solving this problem with technology. Um, Quartz reported that 83% of small businesses don't have access to bank loans and venture capital. 66% of small businesses had no online presence before the pandemic. And right now, 70% of small businesses have sped up their digitization during the pandemic, according to one survey. Survey. So how are you different than, you know, 83% of small businesses that don't have access to bank loans? I mean, and 66% that had no online presence. How are you going to differentiate yourself to kind of climb away from the grip of these big delivery service parties? Wow, uh, those are questions I really wasn't expecting from my son, uh, who just graduated in <laughs> Greek and Latin. Uh, but uh, <laughs> no, they're good. They're really good, and, and I'm, I'm really happy that uh, that we got this conversation going. Um, you know, the 83% um, that didn't have—I think that was the number. 83% didn't really have. Um, an online presence uh, was that the number that you uh, mentioned 66 percent no online presence 83 didn't have access to bank loans or venture yeah so uh that 83 percent uh is exactly what we're talking about that 83 percent that doesn't have access to bank loans or venture that represents almost a hundred percent of independent restaurants mm. you know independent restaurants there's nobody who is going to give an independent restaurant a loan. You know why? Yeah. Well, you know, go run an independent restaurant and then go ask somebody to borrow money and, and, and you'll know why because it's a struggle. Yeah. It's a struggle yeah. to make 5% profit. So yeah. those 83% are really, uh, and that's a great number. Um, I just wrote that down uh, because that's something we want to probably try to market is 83% don't have that, that access. They can't go get the technology. Uh, fortunately, I was able to partner with a software development company that um, I've known for about seven years. We've got a few more resources than the average independent restaurant, and I, I have a passion for technology. So I, I spent the money. You know, and it's 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 a considerable. You know, we probably spent in the neighborhood of fifty thousand dollars to a hundred developing yeah. this software for 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 townies, townies pizzeria. Um, mm-hmm. We met with our our staff today, and I said, look, I said I got two hats. I have a software development hat, but I also have a, a pizzeria owner hat, and the pizzeria owner hat right now is pissed because I'm not getting, um, I need some enhancements done to uh, our self-delivery app. Um, I need this, my drivers want it, my manager wants it. This actually works um, and we, we need these enhancements. So 
uh, yeah. I, I guess to answer answer your question is the 83% that don't have access to the technology, money, bank loans, venture capitalists, that's, those are the people that we want to go after and say, hey, you know, yeah. for, you know, for, um, but that, a great question. Um, I, yeah, I that's hate really to, interesting. I hate to um, uh, cut you off. Uh, um, we're at right now at 20 minutes. Um, great conversation. Um, we're, we'll follow up again next week. Um, try to, we, I try to keep these um, under, uh, you know, right around 20 minutes. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I would encourage anybody who has questions or whatnot to uh, telephone or uh, send me an email at mattk at deliverylink.co. Uh, that would be M-A-T-T-K at deliverylink.co. I want to uh, um, offer my um, uh, thanks to our special guest, Bryce. Great questions. Um, Thank you. And, yeah, absolutely. Is there any, uh, throw the mic back at you one more time for any last uh, last comments or, um, and uh, then we will. Yeah, well, I have just cut out of the, that I, I just personally want answers um, to hear from you, but you can just cut this out after, out of the recording. Well, let's do this if we could, because I'm I'm gonna stop the recording. Um, no, keep we'll... keep recording, and you can cut them out later. Um. Okay. Yeah. Go okay. ahead. Okay. So, I had I had some hopeful statistics that I saw, but then some challenging ones that I saw. So, it's it was reported that um from Cisco, not the food, not the food um, supplier, but the uh, one spelled C-I-S-C-O, right. I think the, the com- communications company, they reported that uh, 2.3 trillion could be added to GDP growth by 2024 if more small businesses advance their digital transformation journeys. Um, and 72% of small businesses um, across, across these small markets um, are accelerating their digitalization rates uh, right now. And so I felt like those really shined a light on the the market that you want to tap into with your delivery service. But these are the challenges that these that these small businesses reported. And I was wondering which one of these townies resonates with. So these are ranked in order of of, of priority that these businesses uh, reported. Number one uh, challenge on the digitalization journey is shortage of digital digital skills and talent. Two, cultural resistance to change. Three, lack of budget or commitment. Four, lack of necessary technologies. And five, lack of digital mindset. I was wondering which one of those is your biggest challenge? Oh boy, Um, I I was just writing those down as fast as I could. just run run over those again uh yeah. the uh yeah short uh okay. first one was a shortage of uh yeah so th- these are what the small businesses top challenges in digital transformation number one yeah. is shortage of digital skills and talent two okay. cultural resistance to change okay. three lack of budget and commitment four lack of necessary technologies and five lack of digital mindset 
Um, di- lack of digital mindset, definitely not. Uh, we're, you know, definitely there. Lack of yeah. tech, uh, we're there. Budget, yeah, budget is a huge one, and I think that mm-hmm. jumps right back into your 83% that uh, don't have access to cash. Cultural resistance, absolutely not. I mean, pizzerias are kind of this like uh, cultural uh, cornucopia, if that's the right word. But um, yeah, yeah, there's just, I mean, there's every culture in there, um, and and they're all fl- uh, fluid. They're 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 they they can move. Um, and the shortage of skills, yeah, shortage of skills is is one thing on the development side, not on the end user side. End user side, um, all of our employees, all of our um, uh, customers, they are all really attuned to this. And that's kind of thanks to the pandemic. Yeah. Um, uh, McDonald's has really taught all of our customers to love the drive through. Um, they're teaching them now to love the kiosk, love the app. So, um, I would have to say the biggest thing is shortage of skills on the software development side. Um, oh, okay. So, and it's super expensive. For example, you know, if you go to um, Silicon Valley, I mean, yeah. my guys that I'm paying right now to develop, I mean, they're these guys are capable of earning three, you know, two to three hundred dollars an hour in wow. software development. Yeah, it's it's really off the mm-hmm. charts. Um, so of all yeah, those challenges, yeah. I would have to say um, it is uh, shortage of skills um, and then the budget. The mm. skills also, though, um, if you go into an independent restaurant, the one thing that the independent restaurant owner is doing is he's working his butt off. Yeah. Um, he, he does not have the s- skills to do it or the mindset or the... Uh, the um, um, really the yeah the I guess the skills yeah the time he doesn't the have time, the time yeah. oh if time he's in there huge. if he's in there uh, tossing tossing pizzas yeah here's what I here's what I tell people if you wanna if you really wanna go into the restaurant business save a half a million dollars cash pretty hard to do yeah. drive down the highway uh, roll your window down throw <laughs> all your money I'm serious. <laughs> Throw all your money. I don't know if I've ever told you this story, but throw all. Just let all your hundred dollar bills fly out the window, you know, and watch them go. And you're driving like eighty, right? So you know they're gone. Then at the next turn off, exit. Just turn off. Find the very first fast food place that you can find. It'll probably be a Burger King, a Wendy's, or a McDonald's, right? Yeah. Pull in there, apply for a job get a job whatever they're paying you you know eight nine bucks an hour and then work for 20 years yeah if that if that feels good if you have the passion if you have the passion to make food and make people happy and provide like a an atmosphere of of gaiety you know and social interaction then hey then independent restaurant owner you are you're gonna you're gonna succeed but that's what it's like not mo- yeah, most people yeah but i'm serious yeah that's that's what it's like okay hey um wait i i, I had another question i had another oh, question. go ahead so uh thank thanks for uh, addressing you know small businesses side of the problem 
but um, it's not like the, the delivery service companies are without their own problems. Um, the delivery link, or no, sorry, not delivery link, um, DoorDash um, uh, reported that they lost 461 million in 2020. And it wasn't just their loss, but in, um, Yelp reported that 163,000 business or restaurants, just restaurants, um, closed at least temporarily in 2020. Um, and yet, the biggest problem for out of uh, kind of out of those numbers is uh, is driver turnover. Um, and so, with delivery link, I was wondering, you know, how do you? I, I, not that I expect you to have a full answer to this, but how do how does anyone avoid like Panera? You said quit uh, quit their own. How do you avoid delivery's biggest problem of driver turnover? Man, I couldn't have scripted this any better. I mean, you're like you should be on my marketing team. <laughs> um, yeah, and just the audience, you got to know. Uh, my son, uh, me and my son have a great relationship. I didn't have I didn't have any idea he had this kind of knowledge base. Um, I just said, hey, can you be on my, on my it's show? Just, and, it's just excerpts. It's just excerpts from th- from articles. Yeah, but it's really good. Uh, um, I, I think the key, and, and this is what this is one of the reasons why Delivery Link, I think, uh, DeliveryLink.co and OnFleet and some of these other in-house delivery apps are going to succeed is that um, driver turnover is huge, um, employee turnover is big, but um, by bringing delivery in-house, what you what you can do is you can um, you can use your existing workforce, especially some of your longer term people, and you turn them people into drivers. Because let's let's face mm-hmm. it, your average independent restaurant is not delivering food 24/7. You know yeah. they've got you know they've got seven or eight or nine or ten or maybe 15 deliveries at lunchtime, and then maybe you know 25% more at dinner time. Um, you can maximize your employee, um, your employee, um, resources by, by taking a guy who is a good employee, giving them the opportunity to make more money delivering, uh, because your delivery drivers are your highest paid employees. Um, and it's really a coveted job. So take take some of your more experienced employees that have been with you for a while, and teach have a little training program. Uh, teach them how to do the deliveries, and then in in between um, um, their normal shifts, now they're now instead of you having to pay them fifteen or twenty dollars an hour, they're going out. They're earning the twenty dollars an hour, but who's paying them? Your customers are paying them through tips. Oh, so, okay. yeah, you're not having to up your payroll. What you're doing is these people are earning more money, but they're coming through the form of gratuities uh, because delivery drivers. It, it's a good gig. I yeah. mean, it's you know a good pizza delivery guy can make a hundred dollars uh, a night without a problem. Yeah. So. Those yeah, are really that, yeah, it is. Um, those are some of the things that we want to be able to show an independent restaurant is one is how to keep your staff. Uh, you can keep staff by throwing money at them. 
but rather than you throwing money at them, let your guests throw money at them through tips. Um, and you can you can then keep better employees uh, for longer, uh, you know, by having um, by having additional money that's not coming out of your bottom line. And then in their downtime, yeah, in their downtime, then they're 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 prepping, they're they're working in the back, um, and uh, it, it's worked out for us for seven years. Our our drivers, um, they come in and um, they help out in the back. Um, they have two rates of pay when they come in. They they punch in as an in-house employee, and when they go on deliveries, they punch out as a tipped employee. So, gotcha. yeah, yeah, that's really okay. interesting. Wait, hey, okay, um, you can cut this out, but I, I have, I have okay. one more question. Um, okay, go so ahead. you told me something before we before you invited me on here. You told me something interesting that California had enacted some some anti-monopoly legislation regarding delivery companies, um, and it was kind of hopeful. Um, to kind of put the the power and the profit back in, and um, in the actual the the actual um, producers of the food. Um, but when I, I was thinking about it later, you're in Florida, and Florida does not like regulation. Do you think that following California is is realistic? Is a realistic possibility? Yeah, just um, to preface that, uh, what happened to me with DoorDash and DoorDash putting my menu on there without my permission um, mm -hmm. was rampant, uh, is still rampant. Uh, California saw that, um, and like they do in a lot of things, saw the writing on the wall and said, hey, this is not good. So, hey, um, uh, applause goes out to California on this because um, for these guys to do that uh, unbeknownst to the independents was not a good idea. Um, yeah. So now California has a law that if they have a, a um, if they have the menu on their uh, their app, then they have to have a written agreement. So um, I think that's going to happen across the board, um, and I, I think you're going to see even even states, you know, more conservative states that don't want a lot of regulation I think you'll see that and that's going to be driven through uh, the local uh, restaurant associations um, so mm -hmm. you have the National Restaurant Association which is huge and they were behind the big uh, restaurant bailout fund about 26 billion that just came out um, and all of the, the state chapters are, are following that um, mm -hmm. the the states, I think, cozied up to third-party delivery in the beginning, um, or the, the third-party deliveries lobbied the states, state associations, um, and I think that relationship is going to sour, especially since, you know, some of those numbers that you just mentioned with Yelp, 163,000 uh, uh, in 2020 closed, uh, yeah. a, a half of those are not going to reopen, probably more really? than half. Oh, yeah. You can't um, you can't restart a restaurant. I mean, think about it. Yeah, you drive by so a restaurant, I, I've it's seen closed. Places already replaced. Yeah. yeah, you're done. Yeah. yeah. Um, so. Uh, 
Hmm. Um, uh, just uh, audience, I want you to know that this uh, conversation with my son, unrehearsed, um, probably one of the best conversations I've ever had with him regarding business. I uh, really kind of very refreshing. <laughs> I'm not kidding you, Bryce. Uh, this is just you're you're a stud. Um, I am going to sign off, Bryce. I'll call you right back here just to kind of thank you. Um, I do want to thank uh, all my audience. I want to thank, uh, reach out to uh, Alex, who is our lead developer. Um, he's in Bethesda, Maryland. Uh, Aniki in Bosnia. And uh, Mickey also, um, I think he's somewhere over there in Eastern Europe. I think he's under a lemon tree or something right now. Uh, his bike keeps getting stolen. I told him, you gotta, don't let people steal your bicycle. Um, and uh, Rennie um, also. Um, my entire staff at Townie's Pizzeria and uh, the entire independent restaurant uh, industry. Uh, my hat goes off to you. Let's keep it real. Um, again, cancel third-party delivery. Um, I'm your host, Matt Klobaka, and we will see you on episode number three. Signing off.